Welcome, Sojourners. This is Jonathan with Sojourners Awake. This is an older episode in which we introduced Garandan Greybeard, a young dwarf minding his own business, taking care of the Orc Tusk Tavern. One of the things we immediately notice about Garandan is that he looks remarkably older for his age. He also has a few scars underneath his shirt that seem to flare up with an, a reaction every time he uses magic. As I was reviewing this episode, I couldn't help but think, this character reminds me of someone who is stuck. Whether it's stuck in the rat race, stuck on the mouse wheel, stuck on the treadmill, they just can't seem to get away from the comfort of their life. And yet the call of the adventure reaches their ears. And as you'll see, as we would suspect, Garandan does answer the call to adventure. So what about you? How have you answered the call to adventure? Maybe, like Garandan, you find yourself in more of a pickle than you intended. And maybe, like Garandan, you find strength within that you didn't know existed. Or maybe, just like Garandan, you find yourself mindlessly plugging away at a job you don't care about. Either way, I hope this episode reaches your heart. And may your story continue. And so, our story continues. With the knowledge that most of the world considers Tiamat a myth, a legend, or at least a dead goddess, they now know that she is a fiend that is seeking to manipulate Severin in bringing her from hell into making our world a living hell. Now in the snow falls, in the winter months, a hymn sounded out in the wild. And between the crunching of snow, there now the sound of heavy dwarven boots approached. The Grove Lorkin had arrived at the entrance of the citadel. We've come to claim our home, they announced to the sojourners. There was Matthias, Gundren, Nundro, Darden, and Paddywinkle, all present with proud smiles on their faces. Three cheers for Feltrin! And the dwarves rang out in a hymn. A lone stranger stood out among the crowd of dwarves, and he was most noticeable as the taproom administrator at the Orc Tusk Inn. He was here as well. Finally, the sojourners prepared at the pleas of Lady Norvice with the news of the Church of Tiamat on the move, the black dragon mask in tow, they now brace themselves for another adventure. And so, our story continues. Felthrin, the dwarves are chanting out this hymn. Uh, is there anything that you would like to do or say as you lead the congregation of welcoming Grove Lore clan back into the citadel? Yeah, as, as they're approaching, uh, Felthrin's kind of just breathing it all in, and he hears... He hears very faintly from the distance, uh, and he, he doesn't really catch it until it's almost done with the last verse. 
and uh, but they're cycling through and so very quietly um felthran and the others would hear and then uh and then um felthran would join in along the way and and the uh the hymn sounds uh, it goes something like this uh in a very non-musical harsh yeah. voice I'm not going to do it because I'll be done preaching <laughs> if I do it in my voice. But uh, you start hearing, uh, For many a year, through all of the land, great tales were told of the, and they all scream out, Grovelore Clan! It says, Tales of adventure and climbing the crag, of beating back orcs and defeating the hag. And there's always one old guy that goes, I remember the hag! Always defending our rock and our ore. Our prowess is mentioned in this world's lore. Never an enemy has knocked on our door and survived the war hammer. And then everybody yells out extra loud of the clan Grove lore. And they just keep repeating it as they're climbing the hill coming up to Grove lore. And you can see Felthran just getting more and more excited and happy and joining in and singing along, realizing that he hasn't sung this song in over a hundred years. And, uh, and just turns into this ruckus. And at, at one point, they're all just screaming. There's no more musical, there's no more music to it. They're all just yelling this verse out. And once they reach the, once they reach the top, he just kind of stage dives into them and just starts hugging all of them. <laughs> Yeah, you see Nundro, Gundren, uh, Matthias, the Bard. Everyone's like clasping at you. Paddy Winkle, the original dwarf who uh, you commissioned to bring all them. He grabs you in classic dwarven uh, greeting style, showing utmost dominance and respect at the same time, grabbing your beard and then slamming his forehead against yours. He says, I brought them all, Felthlin. They believed every word you said. And we and delivered. <laughs> so what are you telling me? It's all clear. Well, we we cleared the cultists. The uh, the dragons may have escaped, but uh, I, I think this is for you and the brothers to find out. This scene right here is just crashing through the deafening winter forest. What was once quiet and peaceful is now. You hear these dwarves chants again. They're more like shouts. Um, at a at a punk rock show, just loud fist pumps and and strong embraces. You're free to respond to this situation, considering who you are and what you've just been through. Uh, Felix, um, you're standing next to the Lady Norvice, and having just said goodbye to her son and stealing her resolve, she grabs you by the arm, places her arm underneath yours. And you can see there's just a tear going down her face um, as she's taking in the pride that these dwarves have for each other. And she says to Felix, it's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, he, I mean, he, if you like, you know, dissonant uh, harmonies and uh, awful guttural noises, yeah. Uh, I've never been much one for uh, dwarfing, um, I wouldn't really call this music, uh, um, drunkenness? Yeah, it's fine. I hey, do think they're um, intoxicated. I think uh, maybe uh, we shouldn't leave your son's effects uh, 
just kind of laying there. Yep. You see everything that Hay had left behind, all his worldly possessions, including his clothes. Everything's been, he's been completely evaporated into the Feywild. Uh, Felix, did you want to go through those? Well, see, I'm going to go bring her over because okay. I want to be respectful because Hay was our buddy. Okay. And, uh, Felix's face is not happy. He's kind of sad looking. He's, he's very, like, carefully taking his boots and putting them over to the side and folding his clothes just so. And at this point, and Basil's left, right? Basil's took yeah. off. Basil decided his best bet was to go back to the Feywild with Hay. Um, as Fey creatures are, they can mm -hmm. be very whimsical. <sighs> they left me. I save their butts from wolves and they leave me. Just like that. Bramble, you are privy to this conversation yeah. between these two. You are standing close by. I'll allow you to respond as appropriate. Hey, you mean, hey, Wilbur, I mean, my son. Hmm. You mean he left you? He. He was my mate. He was, uh, he was spooky. And he, and, he, uh, and he scared me sometimes, but uh, he saved my life. I saved his. I he, saved all, he saved all of our lives. Yeah, a couple times. I, I, I'm sure you would have picked up the mantle had you known of my situation, but only Hay could have recognized me. Yeah. Nah, we're, we're, we're happy to save you and, and be with you. Felix, it's I can't our, help. It's, it's going to be my, it's our pleasure, ma'am. And I promise... Um, that as long as I have breath, I won't let anything bad happen to you. Yeah, and when she hears that, she smiles broadly and, and hugs your arm a little closer and looks at you and says, I know you're drow. Ooh! But you're I'm a ha little halfsies. And you're a whole gnome. And you're a whole <laughs> knackle. <laughs> and she grabs your raccoon necklace and kind of gives it a kiss and then walks off to gather some of Hay's belongings, like his clothes and just personal effects that would not be interest to the sojourners. Yeah, Bram I go with her. Okay, Bram Bramble, uh, what are you doing during this time? How are you responding to everything that's going on? Um, the, so hearing the dwarves um, with their chant, it at first sort of gives Bramble a, um, like, I mean, he's bolstered by the, the energy, the spirit of it. Um, but it sort of starts to turn a little bittersweet for him as he remembers the family that he's lost. Um, so he's kind of, I don't know, it's, he's, he's somber, but putting on a, you know, straight face. Yeah, you see Quiet. the little scrap of paper that is left in your hand from Resmir, your nemesis. You know, the last stand at the desert of Scorna, you now know that the Church of Tiamat is planning something in this far eastern desert beyond the Horde lands. Oi, Shorty, come here. What? Pipe man. And like, so Felix has got his pipe tobacco out. Like, smoke? I'm always down for that, yeah. Hey, yeah, come here. Show, uh, he rolls you up a, he rolls you up one, lights it for you. 
Maybe just like a really weird cigarette. So, we gotta go to a desert, yeah? I think so. Desert of uh, Scorna? I don't know. Have you ever been there? Nope. So, question. Now that you've got your revenge, what you gonna do? Well, part of part of what I was here for was revenge specifically, but I also saw a lot of the things that their cause is doing, a lot of the pain that they're causing to other people. And while I'm glad to have stopped Resmir, I know there's a lot more evil going on. So my, uh -huh. work, my work's not done. Hey, come with us. I, I think that'll be good. Yeah, we're going to kill some more people. It'll be fun. <laughs> I promise they deserve it. Well, some, sometimes they do, I'm sure. Uh, we'll see. That's not the only way to solve a problem, but it's a way. Yeah. As the dwarves finish up their round and their hymn, there is one dwarf who stands in the center. It looks a little different than everybody else. And you all recognize him now as the dwarf who ran the Orc Tusk Inn. Uh, he was one of the, the servers there, mostly serving the beer, the drinks. Uh, Patrick, if you could describe what your character looks like as we witness you in the crowd. Nope. Got it. There you go. Uh, so you see a dwarf, he's young, but a bit of a withered face, definitely haunted eyes. He's on the taller side for a dwarf and a big bold head and a real big gray beard. For a young dwarf, it's unusual. Um, he, he stands just taking it all in, enjoying the camaraderie um, and just listening to what's going on around him. Uh, Felthrin, you are in that area. If you could please describe what your character looks like for the rest of everyone else. Sure. So Felthrin is, uh, he's an old dwarf. Uh, he's actually a little short and a little thin for being a dwarf, but you can tell that he's wirely, wiry strong. Um, he's lived a long life. Um, and uh, in, in his hand uh, is always his trusty warhammer. And uh, it's got a little bit of a red glow to it. Um, uh, currently very, very light red glow, uh, but, uh, you can just tell that he's, you can tell by the way he holds his hammer in one hand and his arm doesn't shake and he doesn't really worry about it, that he's a strong old dude. I think of, uh, like a Sam Elliott, if Sam Elliott was a dwarf, just kind of like a wiry old looking dude that you don't want to mess with kind of thing. Um, but he's got soft eyes and, um. And he, and you can you can tell that he's he's genuinely happy to see these other dwarfs, and um, and also uh, recognizes that uh, you uh, recognizes your character, Patrick, uh, as not somebody that uh, well somebody from the Orc Tusk Inn, but not somebody that was that he was buying ales for in the Orc Tusk Inn. So he recognizes you and says. Hey, uh, what? What are you doing here? How did you get suckered into this thing? 
I brought him as well, Felthren. Well done. I brought him as well. Well done. Actually, um, it was a bit last minute, but, well, uh, what'd you say your name was again? Ga Gary, Gary. Yeah, G Garen Dan. Garen Dan, that's right. But you're not from one of, he's not part of a clan, but he insisted on coming. Isn't that right? Uh, I, uh, I heard y'all were doing some good things, and so I decided to uh, check it out. Well, Garandan, you were doing good things. You brought us ale. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, are you? Well, we didn't really couldn't say no to him, and always, you know, of course, he's kin and everything. But um, we realized it's a bit of a stretch, and we never believed that he had to come along with us, but he insisted. And um, well, hopefully, you're glad you did. Oh uh, yes, just from the song alone, I, I felt felt more than I had in years. Felthorne will slap him on the shoulder and say, you can be a Grove Lore. <laughs> so Bramble and Felix are off to the side. And previously I described Lady Norvice. She is an older woman with red auburn hair pulled back in a long ponytail or like a, a braid. And she's wearing simple gray clothes as she blends into the white snow behind her. She has a very sad face uh, with green eyes and she is picking up her son's clothing. Um, but Felix is standing off to the side. So Felix, if you could describe what your character looks like for the team. He's a real tall, he's what, uh, half, uh, he looks like a drow, but his hair is dark and he looks like he's got some facial hair growing, which is really odd for an elf because he's not a full elf uh he's got jet black hair he's wearing a dark green cloak that's got these weird shifting light patterns and the hood is down mm. uh, which is unusual because usually the hood is up but that's when he's doing business uh, he's real tall and thin he's like um but almost like a like almost spider-like in his in the way that he kind of moves around and Felthorn, if you take a look at him, you realize he wasn't this tall when we met him, was he? He seems a bit skinnier. What's what's happened? Whatever. There's a... And he also looks like he's kind of armed to the teeth. Because he's got several swords and things. And he looks like he carries himself with an air of um, extreme confidence. Right on. And off to the side... Uh, we see Bramble, Brandon's character. Um, for the rest of the team, Bram Brandon, could you describe what Bramble looks like and what he's doing? Uh, Bramble is a a very average, a very typical halfling. Uh, hard to pick him out in a crowd. Hmm. Um, and he... Well, okay. And you'll see. Um, he's currently packed... Uh, pretty light. He's not carrying a lot with him. Um, he has some, uh, a little bit of gear, but not a lot. It doesn't look like he's been doing adventuring things lately, although he is um, armed. He has uh, studded leather armor um, and a little bit of blood um, that's sort of dried at this point, um, but sort of like 
coming out from the sides of the le leather armor. You can see a little bit messy. Um, he's uh, standing near Felix and very watchful, um, just kind of observing everything that's going on around him. Doesn't necessarily talk a whole lot, um, but he likes to see what's going on and try to understand um, that kind of thing. He's listening with interest to anything that sounds interesting. Yeah, well, you said the magic word. So, Bramble, if you would just um, let me know what your perception bonus is, please. Uh, six. Okay, I rolled in secret for you. Uh, you get a chill blast, almost like a wind tunnel that moves through Grovelore Forest, and you see a little bit of snow pick up. It almost feels like a tornado is trying to pick up somewhere around here, and you get a very distinct smell in your nostrils, a very uh, dragon-like smell. Seems like there might be some activity two, three miles away coming in your direction. Felix, did, did you see that? Did you see that over there? Oh, wait. There's some some snow blowing around in the air. Uh, and I got a very familiar smell. I think- Smell like what? I think there might be a dragon headed our way. <gasps> Something dragon related. Yeah, it's not good. Hey, Telthrin, can we... I think there might be trouble coming. Can we do something with your clan to help keep them safe? Let's, uh... Let's go in. Let's, uh, let's get in. Let's get undercover. Let's go. Come on. He'll lead everybody in. If you... Oh! Yeah, the, the dwarves instantly get in. Lady Norvice collects her things. Um, uh, Felix... Are you doing anything before you head into the Citadel? Which way was uh, Bramble pointing? He was pr pointing towards the south. Lady Norvice has the black mask, right? Actually, who has the black mask? I picked oh, it up. Who? Oh, so I've got it. I also have her great sword that we're going to have to get back to at some point. Um, Rizmir's. Well, I'm going to see if there's anything I can pick up on to the south of us as well before I head in. Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead and do a perception check. You got to get higher than a 20. I did not. Okay. Uh, with that information, you pick up the exact same thing that Bramble is telling you. You get the strong smell of dragon. Does it smell like you-know-who, venom tongue? Not venom tongue. A little more acidic. Okay. A little more black in flavor. Oh, like that black guy from earlier. Okay, cool. It, it smells a lot like the the inner workings of the Dwarven Citadel, and, and you see the dwarves kind of pinching their nose when they walk into the Citadel, and you hear a couple of them say, what on Morden's name is that stink? Felthrin, Felthrin, yes. give me the mask. You okay. He gives, he gives Felix the mask, that's fine. Felix, has, Felix has the mask. Uh, Bramble, you, are, you have an opportunity to just get anything done or research a little bit more before you head into the Citadel. Anything you wanted to do? Um... Hearing Felix probably planning to use the mask, um, he'll sort of run through the things that he's learned about the mask and see if he can provide any tips to Felix. Oh. 
You're so good. <laughs> so right don't, what I was don't, gonna do. don't let me forget your role. Actually, let's do the role now, and then I'll tell you what happens. Okay. Go ahead and make a a religion or history check. I'll let you choose. Uh, while you're doing that role, tell me later. Um, all right, Garen Dan, you are being rushed in. With all these dwarves are beginning to like pile in. Everyone around you, kind of trying to keep the new guys safe. But you have an opportunity to either like look around, ask some questions about the environment, or tell me anything you want to get done before you're rushed into the citadel. Um, so inside the setting, is there any other exits? Other than no. One exit? No. So, so I'll tell you exactly what it looks like. It's a stone column that leads to a small stone archway, barely noticeable to the naked eye, very unassuming for a dwarven citadel, and it just leads right downstairs. Um, what's the light source inside? Very dark. Very dark. Okay. Um, can, okay. Um, can I cast a little light in there? Absolutely. So you uh, produce some light, and instantly this great hall is filled up with bright light. Uh, can you describe to us what your light looks like? How do you cast this magic? Um, so from the front of my shield, my uh, anvil shines bright and l illuminates the room, and um, it's my uh, and, and it sticks to the ceiling right in the center. I like that. So it kind of almost like splatters yeah. as like liquid light that heats up this area. Um, I'll go ahead and read the atrium. The forest of green trees capped with snow opens into a clear stone floor. The ground below furnishes the pavement of fine stonework, depicting a map of the Sword Coast, each detail etched finely in the grooves and ridges. Before this yard of stone stands a tall archway, boasting each cut boulder holding up the others until a bright keystone displays the face of King Oleander, ancient dwarven king. The doors are battered down, crumbling into wood, charred and overrun with moss. They yawn before you, and beyond lay the citadel of Grovelore. And one other simple feature is that the entire atrium ceiling is now bathed in this pure and holy light. A couple of the dwarves look at you, uh, Garadan, uh, and, well, by Morden's beard, you got more than fine brewing in ya. I, uh, I, I try not to talk about it too much, but yeah, I, I know a thing or two. Aye, those stubby little fingers of yours are coming in handy. Okay, uh, Bramble, what did you get? 13 in history. A 13? Yeah. All right. So these dragon masks, they've been scattered for a reason because when they come together, they, f they seem together into one final dragon mask that is a conduit for the worship of Tiamat. Most people believing Tiamat, a goddess of creation, you know her to be a very deceptive fiend, a five-headed dragon. Each of the dragon masks by themselves are used to beguile and influence dragons when the wearer bonds to it with their very own soul. Thirteen, you do have a suspicion. You're not sure if you're right. You're not sure if you're wrong. 
but the dragon mask alone used by someone who doesn't know what they're doing, it could prove very effective, but with dire consequences. So use with caution. At that moment, you see Felix grabbing the black dragon mask and he is touching it with his hands and he is appropriating it. You two are the last ones inside the Citadel. Felix, has, yeah, it, go, ahead, go ahead. Hey, how's this thing work? I, well, so here's the thing. Um, mm. It bonds to your soul. Felix just drops it. Like, <laughs> it just falls right in the soul. He's like, oh, what? He's, his hands are up. And he's just standing at it like, uh, what? Yeah, so there's a chance. I mean, it might be our only way to survive um, if things go badly, but we might want to save it as a last resort. You put it on. I will hold on to it. Yeah, do that. I'm evaluate. not touching that. <laughs> All right, so Bramble picks it up. Bramble, you pick it up. Bramble, with that 13, you do get, like, you, you kind of look into its dragon eyes, and it's almost like calling to you, begging you to enjoy its power. Um, you hear the laughing face, the laughing sound of Resmir. She cackled, burning down your village, burning down your estate. You hold in your hands something very evil and yet powerful enough to seduce a dragon. Bramble and Felix, please make a dexterity saving throw. 21. 26. 21 and 26? You know, I would, I, have, hit, I would have hit the rogues. <laughs> uh, 25 points of acid damage to you both. Jeez. You have uh, evasion. I have uncanny dodge right now. So okay. It comes at rogue seven. I'm not there yet. I took some sorcerer spell levels. I thought multi-classing would be fun. I love how like they're both like casually talking about like rogue stuff. <laughs> like, hey man, as they're getting covered in acid, right? <laughs> You see this large black claw snap to the side, a snake-like neck looms down and looks at you upside down. Its maw opens up and just splatters the citadel with acid. Bramble and Felix taking the damage of it. Uh, Bramble, did you use evasion? Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead and describe how you tumble out of this, this encounter. Otherwise, it would have just toasted you. Yeah, so it was very much a subconscious reaction um just saw like black out of the corner of his eye um and immediately sort of tucked into a backward roll uh didn't come out of it very smoothly but it was got him out of the worst of the acid breath ragamanthor coughs and you can see the vile green slime dripping from his fangs the four of you are standing before him in the citadel holding back the throngs of dwarves in a protective stance. He says, Who? Who are you? And he's looking at all four of you right now. Uh, Garandan, you still have like a little bit of light tingling on your fingertips, and this whole area is just lit with bright light. A family of dwarves and gods know what else has entered into my home. 
Who are you? Speak. I am Felthran of Grovelore. This is our home. And he just wheezes and hacks and spits off to the side and says, The hell it is. Bramble holds up the mask mm-hmm. and says, We have released you from the one who was controlling you. Mm-hmm. Where is the she-dragon? She's gone. Oi, we killed her! You have incurred the wrath of Tiamat. You will be hunted down. You will be destroyed. I can see it, though my vision fades even now. And today, we can help you. All right, what do we see when Bramble stands there? I love that he's holding up this mask as if it's this trivial thing, the key to his freedom. He's, uh, I mean, he's got the, he's, he looks defiant. He looks completely confident that his, what, his, what he's planning is going to work, that he's going to be able to persuade her. Okay, uh, Gar- Garandan. Uh, what are you doing during this time? How how are you responding to this situation? So I'm hanging back and just ready that if the dragon attacks to cast the warding flare, just trying to to, to, to kind of take a pause. Okay. Um and uh, and preparing a spell to heal uh, the damage taken to Felix. Okay. Uh, who are you going to put? Warding flare is just going to be on the next person who gets attacked. Correct. Okay. Let's see who he likes more. I know Bramble held up the mask, but I want Felix and Bramble to do persuasion checks. High number winner. He's going to like me more. I got a 24. Ooh, barely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is more maybe a team relationship. That's pretty close. He looks over at Felix and says, Can you prove you killed her? Belthran steps forward and throws her sword out at his feet. Yeah, that. And what of the followers? We let them go. Then you are foolish, for the Church of Tiamat will harvest them later. And that is what they plan, to harvest. They'll need 100 souls to feed the ritual. I mean, what am I saying? Why shouldn't I just kill you now for breaking and entering? Note, has anyone touched the dragon horde? What horde? Yeah, I don't think y'all did. Okay, keep going. There's a horde? (laughs) You withheld, man. (laughs) No, you knew. (laughs) Every dragon has a horde, you idiot. We only came to free you by gathering this mask and to put an end to what has happened to my home. This is my home, and I won't move. I've been here for 50 years now, and I don't feel like giving it up. This might be a problem. Put the mask on. Shortstack, put the mask on. Don't want to. He paws the ground and he's. We're doing thieves can't, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what thieves can't sounds like. Hey! <laughs> Start calling so you Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's starting to like 
wheeze and you can see like the slime beginning to protrude through his rib cage, almost seeping out of his skin. His claws are beginning to sharpen um, and he's starting to count. One, two, three, four. So like me and, me and, me and Brandon are right in front of this dragon, right? <laughs> the four of you, I would say, are holding back this, this dragon from entering the citadel, which he could go through, by the way. It's large enough archway. Beltran is torn because he wants to defend his home, but he's also damaged, and he also doesn't know that even with the dwarves' help, so that they can stop the dragon. And he doesn't, yeah, I think for him, the greater good at this moment might be to save the life of the dwarves. So. Sure. Let, let us see Felthrin interact with Garandan on that, that note. Garandan, I, I. He's much bigger than I thought he was. And, uh. Seems pretty nasty. Uh. uh what do you think? Should we. Should we defend Groveloor and risk the life of our brothers and our friends, or should we should we step away and uh, come back for Groveloor another day? Well, there's not a hundreds of us here, but if he's collecting souls, I don't want to be mine. Felthorn's hmm. gonna look around at the other dwarves and see what what's going on there. Are they? Do they have bravery on their face? Do they have let's defend Grovelor on their face? Or do they have let's get the heck out of here on their face? He's going to look specifically at Gundren first. Gundren looks at you and says, Oh, it'd be a shame to just walk away from this. Perhaps we could retreat deeper inside. Felton, this is your gig. You're calling the shots. We're standing behind you if you want us to. We'll go away if you want us to. He looks around. Is he getting support? They're they're totally supporting you. Ugh. They're waiting on your call. Yeah, just saying there's, just for the sake of numbers, there are 12 dwarves. We got 12 dwarves. Mm-hmm. One of the NPC dwarves is the bard, because he was a PC at one point. Right. Yes. Correct. Fire up your guitar, man! Uh, Felthorn's uh, going to walk forward again. And, uh, we, uh, we are taking Grove Lord back. We do not want to fight you. We don't care about your horde. We want our, we want our home. But I'm hungry, and I smelled you from afar, son of Morden. Bramble, Felix, what are you doing? Is he, uh, is he looking at, uh, Felth right now? Yes. So, I'm gonna turn invisible. No wild magic happened. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm gonna go off to the right. Uh, I need you to make a stealth check. Uh, that's a 29, my friend. Okay. Okay. Is that good? Sneaky, sneaky. You're not doing bad. You, yeah. You probably know that dragons have blind sight, uh, mm-hmm. but in this distraction, as he's like focusing in on Felthrin licking his chops, you just bamp into the ethereal plane. Did you want to continue, or are we going to see what Bramble's doing? Uh, what's Bramble doing real fast? Bramble is inching his way farther into the citadel. Okay. Trying to, he's, he has short legs, trying to get a head start. Okay, you have the mask, right? Yes, in hand. Okay. You, he, you, you recall that he has reconciled that Resmir is dead. 
he does have some sense of freedom as his mind is starting to come back and forth. But he did say this was his home. Garandan, are you doing anything? Nothing that comes to Brian's mind right now. All right, I think we're going to fight then. So everyone yeah, roll initiative. Falthron was so ready to do something cool, and now he's going to have to wait till the end of initiative to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ragamon Thor got a 17. Boo. That's not good for feet, Bramble. All right. I suppose I should have mentioned when we were uh, celebrating and stuff after killing the witch that, uh, and when I was describing what uh, Felthran looks like, He's pretty tore up, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had any kind of rest since we fought her, so. You all should feel very afraid. However, um, you do notice that Thor has a few wounds of his own. Oh, good. good. Felix, you are invisible due to your clever tactics, and you are first. Yeah, I'm going to run behind the dragon. All right. Moving behind the booty, the tail starts swishing back and forth. Uh, you see this is a pretty nasty tail. And you notice that any moment that tail just almost has a mind of its own, ready to snap and knock someone in the back of the head. Yeah, I'm trying to get a good look at him because he looks all jacked up. I want to see like how bad if this guy's good off or not. So like, I'm looking, just kind of get a good look at him before I kind of get a get a little ways away. Yeah, you got I mean, you got a good look at him. You would say that he is looks like he's been in a couple skirmishes, maybe. Um, he's got some arrows sticking at him. He doesn't look like he's at full health, so to speak. But still formidable. Cool. I'm gonna move within about 30 feet away to the just to the back right side of him, kind of get out of range of that tail. I'd like okay. to not get. I'd like. I'd kind of not like to get sh um, uh, acid spat on anymore. You are out of the acid range. You are not out of the tail range unless you want to burn your action to do so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything for your bonus action? No. I'm gonna sit tight and observe for a second. All right. You have evaded the tail whip action. Great job. Uh, <laughs> this black dragon is going to do a multi-attack. First, he's going to see if his acid breath recharges. And it does not. You see his wheezing begins to increase. <laughs> he begins, like, coughing, and he coughs up a loogie and just slashes at the three of you. So, uh, any further ado. All right, Felthrin, you get hit with a 24. Yeah, it just barely got me. You get 19 points of damage. Some of that is piercing, some of that is acid. Garadan, you also get slashed with the next claw. You get hit with a 26. Just 11 points of slashing damage. I was asking about his ward. Yeah, I was. I said my mending ward, my warding flare. Warding flare. Did that not go off? It, it does, so it gives oh. him disadvantage. You're right. Let me roll again. That's going to be a 13 to hit. And you have a shield, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so your armor class is effectively 17, my friend. So Warding Flare works. Right at the last minute, you issue this, like, bright fan of light, and it blinds Ragamathor for a minute just long enough for you to duck. The claw goes slashing at you. Um, Bramble, you indicated you were hightailing it, so he's not going to be able to reach you, so the second claw is going to go towards Garandan again. Uh, that's going to be an 11 to hit. The next claw goes slashing at Garandan and totally misses. 
The dragon's turn is done. Bramble, you are about 30 feet behind everyone. You are well within the citadel. The dwarves have all kind of gathered around and they're looking for exits. They're preparing and pretty much out of the territory. What would you like to do? Um, as a bonus action, he's going to uh, say, hey, over here, to cause a distraction. Okay. Uh, the next attack against him has advantage. Um, okay, nice. He's going to fire off a shot with the hand crossbow. Go for it. 13. Nope. Going for an 18. Uh, and he will continue to... Uh, well, he'll stay probably at about 40, 45 feet away. Okay. Did you get advantage on that? I think it's... I intended it to be for somebody else, for the next person who attacks. So I think it's... Okay. I don't think I can help myself. It should indicate a creature that you can see that would include you. But if you want to pass it off to someone else, that'd be fine. Uh, Garandan is up next. So Garandan notices that Felthrin's a little worse for wear and wants to bolster him. Um, so, yeah. Like heal or bless or um, strength. You, you have cure wounds. You can roll a 1d8 plus your wisdom. That's right. a first. Now, here's how that works. That's a first level. If you okay. want to do a second, third, or fourth, you simply add a d8 to that. If you want to burn a higher spell slot. Otherwise, you burn a first level. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll again to the third. All right, so you're going for a second level. Go so for five, it. and again, and it went to nine. And then the third level was three, and so seven. I get 25 points. Indeed. Garen Dan, this, I mean, you just kind of like kicked into gear. What does it look like? What what kind of style is your healing magic? Um, you know, what, what characterizes you? So my, my healing magic, it just that light settles on Felthrin um, and goes infuses into the wounds and heals them up. Um, I started to itch a little bit at my collar um, from, for various wounds that are starting to show, um, but it's just second nature coming through. It's beautiful. Okay, um, Felthrin, it is your turn now. Felthrin's going to yell, uh, follow me, brothers! And then he's going to charge, and as he charges, he's going to uh, turn into a uh, brown bear. <laughs> And he is going to attack as a bear. Advantage. With, With advantage. advantage. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So first the bite attack. And that would be a 17. Oof. Not nice. good? Nope. And then a claw. Only only uh, advantage on the first attack though, right? Uh, the claw is going to be a 19 though. There you go. You make contact. Right. Eight points of damage. Was that bing, meaning that it didn't penetrate his... It did. Okay, good. Good, good, good. That's top of the round. Felix, round two, it is your turn. I'm out of range of his body and his tail. Yes. Which bolt, big boy? <laughs> nice. 19. Ooh, close enough. <laughs> no wild magic effects and take seven damage. Lightning begins like erupting and you can see it like going through the dragon's eyes as it begins to crackle, bramble. It's oh, actually dragon's turn. Here we go. Are the uh, dwarves going to get involved at some point? Uh, they are. They're helping. Okay, cool. The acid breath does not recharge. He goes to like spit 
And right as the witch bolt hits him in the back, he <laughs> and the acid just goes flying into the sky. Um, he's going to use his multi-attack again. Once against the... He's going to do a bite against the brown bear. 18 for the brown That's bear. That's plenty good. Another 19 points of damage then. Okay. Chomps down on top of you. He's going to take one claw to Garandan. Uh, dang. That's going to be a 10 to hit. And a 15 to hit. No. Swing and a miss. Garandan, you throw up your shield at the last minute and you feel the impact of the dragon's claw against yours. So far, you've come out of this thing unscathed. The Felthrin has taken quite a big chunk. Uh, Bramble, it's your turn. Bramble's going to... Um, so he has to be relatively close to cause a sufficient distraction. Uh, he's going to do that again. Um, just kind of... What? You can't get me in here? Am I too far away? And he's going to take another pot shot with a hand crossbow. Uh, that's a 26. There you go, and get that sneak attack. Ooh, good roll. 20 damage. Yes! Nice. That hurt. Wow. Okay, we're talking like 20% of health. Just right to the side. You can feel him wheezing as the acid... The the arrow is instantly just consumed, and it just, like, explodes within him. Uh, he kind of leans to the side, nearly knocking Felix over, and so he's going to do a tail attack against Garandan. He's going to swing wide. Garandan, you're like bracing with the shield, but now the dragon's done this full 360 uh, as he does a tail attack against you. That's going to be a um, 23 to hit. 15 bludgeoning damage to you, Garandan. Okay. You get knocked off the side. I'd like you to do a strength saving throw. Uh, I got a full... Yeah, you're knocked prone. Just boom, smashing into the side of the wall. You're you're like covered in snow drift at this moment. But that is the end of Bramble's turn, so we're going to Garandan now. Okay, um so I'm not knocked out. I'm just prone. Yep, just like flat on the ground in the snowdrift. So I say a quick prayer to Moradin. Oh, Father, uh, protect Felthron, this new brother of mine. And I summon the Guardian of Faith to stand in front here between him and the dragon. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Okay. Guardian of Faith, that's a massive spell. So come on, like bring it out in the open. It's ter- it is terrifying. It's, what we see here so go for it so not only does the itchy scar on his neck start to inflame but his shield shines bright as well as his warhammer as this light just pierces the sky and comes down and lands it starts to pull and slowly from the ground up this guardian of faith this giant anvil uh, is protecting Felthrin, uh from the dragon as it is pooling around and just getting ready to um, save this new brother of his Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it is bright. Um, so the dragon's going to make a deck save. Miss, please. What's your spell DC, my friend? Spell DC? Oh, uh, my spell DC is 15. 15. All right. So he's going to dex plus five. Oh, he, he, he succeeds. So he's going to take 10 radiant damage only. Mm-hmm. Not bad, though. 
So this just huge brightness just fills and the dragon just like backs away and he's starting to squabble back and forth. He's on his behind. He's beginning to beat his wings and roars and says, no, you summon magic, you summon mages, you call upon your dwarven gods, but they have failed you once before. Grovelor fell, do you not remember? Evil denizens moved in because you all fell to infighting and contests of will. I know the law. He lore. takes them more points of lightning damage to shut him up from Witchbolt. It was my turn and I go first. Hey, I didn't get to go. That's true. Oh, never mind then. Sorry. <laughs> no, skip your uh, what's your turn, Felix. How much damage? Seven. Just... All right. I, I love it. You just shut him up. He's just ah, right in his mouth. Felthrin, it's now your turn. Bottom of the round. Sorry, man. That's, <laughs> that's all right. Felthrin's going to bite him again. But hey, no, that's some good dwarf elf. Come on, y'all need to do, that was go great. with that. Like, that was great. <laughs> no, I thought you were, I thought you, I thought Patrick went last. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Is this advantage again, Brandon? Okay. So the bite attack is going to be advantage again, and that's going to be a 19. You got it. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's going to be eight points of biting damage. So piercing. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to follow it up with his claws. Let's see. Nope miss all right and he's gonna roar he didn't like that monologue <laughs> yeah no <laughs> reminding you of the grove lore's past failures is a sour burning message in a wound that is still fresh and open and uh there is also a fresh open wound uh felix anything you want to do with your bonus action my friend yeah i get further away <laughs> okay uh, i'll let you do <laughs> like i'm moving i'm all right, so I'll let you do disengage. You have evaded. Um, by the way, you're also visible by now. Um, no, I'm not invisible. In, yeah, I know. Like, I'm only yeah. invisible until I, I shoot. I haven't taken that feat yet. <clears throat> okay, he's going to do He's gonna do a full wing attack at this moment. He's just so angry, and he just starts flapping his wings. So I need every player to make a dexterity saving throw. Patrick succeeds. Felix, that's a fail. All right, everyone just takes 13 bludgeoning damage with the exception of Patrick. Garandan only takes uh, six bludgeoning damage. I'm on Kenny Dodge. Use it. Six, six bludgeoning damage. Yep. Okay. The dragon then begins to beat up in the air. He moves out of your range. He is now 30 feet in the air. Felthrin, that does give you an opportunity attack for a reaction. All right, would that be the bite or the claws? Uh, I'll let you choose. Uh, he's going to swipe at him with his claws. All right, that's low risk, low reward. Go for it. 21. That is a hit. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's going to be uh, 12 points of damage, slashing damage. The best yet. Just whoosh, right on the thigh. Black blood begins spilling down to the ground. You dodge out of the way. All right, now it's a Bragmanthors. Uh, he's going to try to do his acid breath again, and he fails. Something about that witch bolt. You begin to see he's like clawing, hacking up, and he says, nevertheless, I can take you out. And he just dive bombs right into you. Uh, Bramble, you've done a pretty good job staying out of the way. Felix, I feel like you've got a good witch bolt on him, so you're in harm's way. No, I said I was moving away, which meant the witch bolt stops. Oh. I, did, I used my, I used my motorcycle right. to get further away. You did disengage, nevertheless. Okay, Garandan and Felthrin are gonna take the hits then. Felthrin, he's diving on you first, uh, the bear. 
That's going to be an 11 to bite down on you. Uh, 11 is good. That's a hit. 11's a hit. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm a bear. Yeah. All right. 19 points of damage. I'm no longer a bear. <laughs> <laughs> he just bites down on you and then raises up his jaws. And you see Gun, uh, sorry, you see Felthrin just like lifting up the dragon's maw as a, a wiry old dwarf and then just tumble out of the dragon's mouth right as he snaps shut. Garen Dan, you're going to get two claws. Ooh, a natural one. And a two. Oh Ooh. my gosh. <laughs> All right, oh my come gosh. on. The dice are telling a story. Garen Dan, I need you to like, why? Why can't this dragon hit you? Like, what is so interesting about this? It's the greater it's good. <laughs> Moradin's protecting me. That's right. There you go. Yeah, so we just see you like do this fist pump in the air and just call out to Moradin. You're cheering on the dwarves now. They're going to... Um, they're going to take a shot at the dragon. So they like load up their crossbows and they do this firing shot. You see this volley of arrows just fly beyond you. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Just pin cushioning this uh, Ragamanthor's dra uh, his hide as he slams down on Felthrin. Using up his whole turn, Bramble, it's your turn again. Bramble's going to taunt. Are you afraid? What, what's, your, what's the god's name? Patrick. Uh, Morden. 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 Are you afraid of Mord? You can't handle it. And he'll take another shot. Ooh, that's a 10 to hit. Okay, too bad. <laughs> no advantage or anything. <laughs> oh, so sad. Okay. Yeah, so the advantage does, it must go to another creature. Gotcha, gotcha. Specified. All right, well, here's what happens, though. He does fail his dexterity saving throw. Uh, so right as you like fire a shot, you realize why it missed is because this guardian of faith, this beacon of light just flashes again with radiant energy. He fails the save and he takes 20 radiant damage. Nice, Patrick, clutch. And so he's just like full, he just goes full back and you see this huge black dragon silhouette lit up against this flame of light, all seemingly coming from Garandan, who's just off to the side chanting Moradin's name arrow simply goes flying out into the dark. Uh, Bramble, any bonus actions? Or use, use taunt, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, uh, Garandan, it's now your turn. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna okay, Gar the, the beast is on his back. Let's bolster ourselves for another attack there, Felthen. I'm gonna heal you. What do I need to roll? Still five, nice. eight, six. 19 points, thank you. All right, well, as you do that and you turn towards him... His tail swings around again. And that's going to be a 19 to hit you, Garandan. Okay. Uh, you take 15 points of bludgeoning damage as you get this tail swiped right as you heal Felthrin. You skid to the side and you're like, your body is bowed over the tail and you're just holding on tight. Felthrin. Is he still 30 feet in the air? Uh, no, he dived down and snapped at you. So he's back down where I can smack him. Yes. All right. He's going to get a couple hammer swings. He's going to get more than that. He's going to get, yeah, a couple hammer swings. Oh, nice. Uh, first one is a 23 to hit. Going to be nine points of bludgeoning and six points of fire. And then a 27 to hit. Seven points of bludgeoning and six points of fire. And then I am going to, uh, oh, no, never mind. I already used my action surge. So um, I will use my bonus action uh, for uh, second wind healing. Felthrin, how do you do your second wind? What does that look like for a warrior in battle? Well, 
he's I mean he's feeling good and he's actually it's gonna kind of look it's gonna look double he's really inspired by what Morden's been doing and uh, so he's gonna raise his hammer and it's gonna glow a little bit after he smacked the the dragon twice and he's gonna say he's going to say um, come after me you cannot defeat us you cannot defeat Morden and as he raises the hammer you're gonna just kind of you're gonna see the light kind of similar light to what uh, what uh, Garandon did, but uh, it's going to kind of flow over him, uh, energize him a little bit more, and he also uh, he also goaded the creature. <laughs> so now he has to be attacked. Do you get to roll your superiority die? I rolled an eight, so he gets eight more points of damage from the that previous is, that's, attack. That's all you needed. Oh. <laughs> you needed like two. That's what I thought. I was <laughs> nice. So nice. you, okay, yeah, keep going if you want to. He just like so, looked at you and just so he says, smacked him with the first failed. smacked him with the first hit, and then that's when all the other stuff happened. It like we'll just call it mid action for flavor. Yeah. So then he you know he's kind of brings up his hammer for the second hit and he yells, "You're gonna have to fight me!" And he smacks him with the second hammer. Not counting on the spectral guardian. Not counting on the curing of wounds. Not calling. Not counting on calling Morden, Voragamanthor too comfortable for too long dealing with petty cultists and simple monsters did not account for this ceremony of dwarves coming back to claim their home. Overconfidently, he turns to the side and he gets ready to launch one more bolt and just crush Garadin against the wall with his tail. He looks back and gets the Warhammer right across his jaw, snapping it aside knocking him completely unconscious. And he dies. It was enough. The strike of the Warhammer shattered his brain. He lays to the side and gurgles out the remaining of acid as his bodily fluids begin just issuing out of him. He releases. And you hear one last gurgle. I would like everyone to roll a perception check. High number winner. All right, I like that Bramble got it. Oh. Bramble, you hear one last gurgle. Marduk, avenge me. Three cheers for Falfrin! And they roar up, uh, Garandan, a couple of the dwarves like Gundren, Narno. I didn't realize you had it in you. My, by Morden's beard, we've not seen likes of that. Where'd you learn the craft? We didn't know we had a priest in our midst. We thought you were just serving ale. <laughs> and again, this seemingly unassuming dwarf who just eight hours ago was toweling off a bunch of glasses, stoking the fires of the hearth of the orc tusk, and standing before you, uh, again, as you described it, that spectral guardian still standing there, guarding Felthrin. <laughs> the area is clear, and a foul odor burps out of the citadel of Grofloor. The area is cleared.
So I imagine the rogues kind of like just duck off to the side uh, while the dwarves are convening. Uh, Felthrin, you and Garandan are responding to each other after battle. Garandan, you uh, you saved me, my friend. Thank no, you. It's nothing. It nothing that you wouldn't do. I saw a brother in need, and Mardin saved the day. Felthorn puts his hand on his shoulder, his uh, hurt shoulder, or the, the shoulder where the scar is, at least, and says, you are right in that, my brother. And he casts Cure Wounds on him. Cool. Ten points of healing for you, Garadin. And then he continues to talk to the rest of the dwarves. Brothers, this is a great victory. It's a great victory in reclaiming Grovelor. However, if I remember correctly, this dragon had a brother. So we must be careful. We must be vigilant. And if we see him, we must give him the same opportunity to flee or die. I wouldn't trust the black dragon, not for vengeance. They're wily and cunning, vicious, vindictive. But we'll have you back, Felper, and we'll set up a watch and we'll prepare defense. Not just from black dragons, but from anyone who wants to take our home. Yes, speaking of a watch, I'm tired. <laughs> and uh, Felthren would suggest that the guardian stand in front of the archway for the remainder of his eight hours, which would be like seven hours and 58 minutes. <laughs> That's, and, yeah, okay, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> and, the, and the rest of the dwarves would, uh, would um, start cleaning up Grove Lore, but also uh, give those of us that were were most significantly fighting. It may have been some of the dwarves, but at least the four of us, a chance to rest. If the if the thieves want to, I need to rest. The thieves are ransacking the horde, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was getting to. Um, so you do head that way. However, I do want to like zoom in on Felix for a moment. Mm -hmm. Felix, as you and Bramble are excitedly heading towards the back of the cavern, while the dwarves are patting each other on the back and dealing in accolades, you hear a small twig snap in the middle of this winter forest. And you see a small little hut buried beneath a knoll in the hillside. You hear a voice. <laughs> a laughter. Like a haggish laughter? Uh, make a religion check. Oh, that's great. I have no idea what that is. Oh. <laughs> uh, 15. 15. You really should learn your heritage. <laughs> and you hey, see no, what this? looks like a small child in black and gray stripes darting off behind the knoll. Is my spider necklace doing anything? It is not. Not the spider necklace. What's my coon necklace doing? It's glowing. See you later. And I go chase after it. What? Uh, okay. Bramble, no, Bramble, I'll let you respond. You see, you and Felix were like in full stride going into the Citadel, and all of a sudden Felix darts off towards what seems to be the wild. How would you like to respond? Felix, I, I'm pretty sure it's this way. Oh, you can come if you want! <laughs> the, the horde, though. It it's over there when we get back! Okay, we're... All right, and at this point, I guess Bramble just has to go, or he's going to get left behind. So he's following Felix. Yeah, Felix right. is running like 
50 feet, like running out like yeah. to that knoll to where he thinks that hut was. So, Bramble, you're about like 30 to 60 feet behind him. Felix, like you stop short of this knoll and you see there is a small child. Well, the size of a child. Dressed as a gnome. Uh, dressed as a raccoon. Oh. And she's peeking from behind a knoll and says, Your name is... And then she says your gnomish name. Would you care to repeat it for us? <laughs> Felix Grayskin, Rumplepole, Adele, Elaine, Dillion, Traherne, Knackle. That's what I thought you said. That's what I thought. Yeah, she, <laughs> she says all that. Bramble, you see Felix staring off into a knoll hillside, and you see no such gnome dressed as a raccoon. Nothing at all. Felix, how do you respond? Well, Felix undoes his belt so he doesn't have weapons, because that's not how we go in here. Hey! You, yeah, go for it. Bramble. Yeah? And I'm not talking to you in my normal voice. What? So this sounds like Elvish to you. If you know what Elvish sounds like, cool, then you hear this. Do, do yeah. you? Or does it sound like nonsense? Yeah, it sounds like nonsense. Okay. I basically say in Elvish, can you understand what I'm saying? Uh... We'll try gnomes. Can you understand what I'm saying? Mm. All right, hey, hold these. You give them like a Yeah, and you do. These enough for you to keep. Hold them. Okay. Stay here. He extends his weapon to you, his belt, and you do recognize him speaking Elvish and Gnomish, though you don't understand what he's saying. Uh, but I feel like you would know at least like a couple words. So Felix, drop one or two words that he would recognize. Here, take this. Hold, please. Felix, you approach this sacred ground where Berevar Cloak Shadow rests. You see the, the knoll, the hillside covered in snow begin to lift up, and you realize it's not a hut. It's the head of a raccoon. The mask and the eyes open up into bright lights that are about the size of two large crystals. And it says to you, Only the lucky find. If you have found me, then you are lucky. Why is this? Do you know the riddle? It breathes silently. All right, so I reach behind my back and I pull the only weapon that I kept with me, which is a dagger, because he's also a dagger god. I pulled that out, got out of the raccoon and got of the dagger. I've heard the riddle since I was a wee. My father's knee, well, he was on my knee, but at my, at my father's side. Oh, God of my God, what would you have of me? I've seen you. I am your servant. How tied are you to the demon queen? What allegiance does she hold for you? I give no allegiance to anyone. Or demon. Spiders. Your powers. Your heritage. What allegiance do you give to her? I cannot change my blood, nor that I can change the size of my body or the color of my skin. Would you if you could? Yes. Ah. Oh, the little child laughs. Oh, please! Please! I haven't painted anything in such a long time! Step forward, Knackle. 
He does so. I do so. Effectively. Would you consent to a new body, to a reform with new blood to retain your powers? Will you stay in your own? Ooh. My lord, this is the only body I've ever known. And it took me many years not to hate what I was and what was done to my father to make me. Yeah. I never knew him, but I carry vengeance in my heart for him. And while I love you and your kin and the folk that saved me in the woods, if I returned home and I didn't look like myself, my ma would not know me. And when I stand over my birth mother's body with her head in my hand, after I have cut it from her shoulders, she will know it is me that did it. The little raccoon goes, oh my. And on that day, may I could come here again and change my flesh. Indeed you may, but no one comes to me. For this place here is not here, but is everywhere. Knackle, you have decided not to indulge me. However, I fancy you and enjoy your company. So I will give you a boon that you may be faithful to the raccoon and faithful to complete your quest. I hope to understand more. And then he opens up his mouth and breathes on you this very warm summer breeze. You catch the salty wind you hear the cry of seagulls. You hear the waves crashing on the shore. The cackling of the little raccoon girl. <laughs> and you receive luck. One re-roll per day. <laughs> Go with the luck of the raccoon. Under his mask, you shall succeed. And the area turns back into a snow, a little snow hill. The little girl darts behind the hillside and you know that you've stood on holy ground. Bramble, you witness nothing except Felix's still body and his voice almost echoing into a can as if he was talking to someone. Actually quite similar to this experience Hay just had but a couple hours ago. Felix, you turn back to Bramble, and it's been about, I would say, a good 30 minutes to an hour. Bramble's sitting on the floor with your stuff just next to him. Mm. Hey! What was that? I'll see you later. Let's go find some hoard, yeah? Give me things. Let's go! Oh. And he scoops him up in one hand under his arm and just heads back in towards the inside. So the dwarves have started clearing in. Um, I did give Bramble and Felix a head start. However, Felthrin and Garandan, you've got an hour. 
Uh, Felthrin, I think you've encouraged everyone to take a long rest, short rest. He's not all that concerned about the the horde, so he's okay. uh, yeah, he's gonna make sure he picks up the sword that was out there, um, and then yep. he's going to yeah, he's gonna find a place to rest, and hopefully, uh, you know, t he's gonna tell his brothers, you know, take a look, you know, find what you want, okay. uh, but but beware that there's another dragon. Gundren is the only dwarf that goes exploring. Um, Felix and Bramble, you you kind of you arrive right at the same time Gundren does, if not moments before. You are aiming for the horde. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Cool. I've got lots of pockets. It's, it's one of the wealthiest banks in this area of the Sword Coast, and it has been added to recently due to the horrible pillaging that the Church of Tiamat has, has uh, done upon the land. Bramble, you recognize three items from your homeland immediately. Together, let's describe a couple of who they are. Any famous relics, family relics, heirlooms, things that would be of great value. Felix, you're watching as Bramble approaches these treasures that have been taken from his homeland. Hey, you okay? This... He picks up a ring. This is the ring of the Lord of the Heartwood Estate. This was my brother's. They took it from him before they left him for dead. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm going to keep going. And I, I can't think of other things off the top of my head. No, that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, roll a d100 twice. Felix is meticulously counting out 100 pieces of gold because that's how much it costs for the information to get here. Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. He's taking, that, uh, he's taking that first before he does anything. Here's here's what I say. Um, just just for fairness' sake, just this is how it goes. You each are able to acquire one thousand gold pieces, Bramble and Felix. So in our world, that is roughly one hundred thousand dollars, one hundred grand. I could buy a boat. Yeah, and there it's easy enough to you know move around and, and, and manipulate. Bramble, two things that your family held. There is a sacred potion given to you by a cloud giant long time ago. A deal was dealt and the, the halfling families of Hartwood Estate rescued a cloud giant from these, from breaking down his little tower, crashed near your estate and they just repaired it for him. As a favor, he gave you the potion of cloud giant strength. Nice. You also, with that 94, no joke, I love D&D, you got the arrow of dragon slaying. Ooh. <laughs> a little late. And it's just, it, it fits perfectly into a short bow uh, and a small crossbow, carefully designed by your, uh, your wonderful clan, Hartwood. Um, in the case that a dragon should attack one day. And you find it. 
Uh, Felix, you can roll one time. <clears throat> 39. Uh, along with these items, you find this little bitty potion vial. And on it, it's like uh, a wizard had, has designed it. It is the potion of speed. Besides all those things, Bramble and Felix, y'all are in this treasure trove of this massive amounts of wealth and pillaged things. You see all kinds of wealthy clothing and even some pieces of furniture that were stolen, just assembling this horde to worship Tiamat, taken from cities like Daggerford, Greenest, Bramble, your estate, all these areas that have been pillaged, as well as just general collections that Varagam and Thor has uh, amassed over the years, savings, deposits, loans, all these things, stocks and bonds and even deeds to properties that are safely guarded here. <laughs> yeah, Gundren's kind of like eyeing y'all, looking around, is like, hey, uh, mind, all right, all right, just, you know, take as much as you can, but uh, we've got to account for this as well. Oh, yeah, we're not being greedy, sir. I know, I know. You boys, you boys have done, done well deserve it. You indeed did save our bacon. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Talking is nice, but um, uh, where can we all go get pissed? That would be at the Orc Tusk Tavern back in Leoland. It's only about a five-mile march. I'm going to bed. The dwarves will <laughs> be sitting here for the night. I think you probably should be laying over with the dwarves. We'll be setting up watch here in the treasure trove. Oh, However, didn't you say there was nice furniture in here? Do what? Didn't you say there was nice furniture in here? Yeah. Felix is, is going to go find a nice, like, couch and yeah. just, like, sleep on it. I like that. Take like, his stuff off and go to bed. It's like a really bad yard sale. Everything's kind of just piled <laughs> all together. Uh, you make way, lock over a couple pots and pans, some cooking utensils, just loot that has been just amassed uh, throughout the couple last couple months. Bramble, um, you get one question about this area. Anything you're interested in before we go back to Felthrin and Garadin? He's looking at the things like beyond just gold and platinum and that. Um, he's looking at the furniture and um, you know, goblets and whatever, and all these things to him, all he can see is that these were taken from somebody else. Um, so he's mm. not really interested in getting okay. more beyond coinage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the coinage is hard to like guess who it came from, where it was lost. It's like uh, kind of like just there's money in the streets. You're not sure where it came from. Um, but if it does interest you, you probably could. Bramble's interested, I'm sure he could find something that does belong to someone um, if he's looking for anyone in particular. Okay. Um, uh, locally, like, locally you would know, like, oh, this belongs in this town, this store, this was made by this artisan. Okay. Um, so there'll be uh, a tapestry um, hmm. that belonged to sort of the next uh, estate over um, after his estate was attacked they went there next and he wasn't in time to save to help them at all Yeah. Um, but he knows that somebody has survived you're all gathering for sleep Garandan 
what are you doing during this time? Um, Felthrin has obviously started to at least bandage up his wounds and, and do some meditation, some breathings. He's recentering himself and maybe even nodding off a little bit here and there. But Garandan, you're thrust into this and a couple of the dwarves just patting you aside and said, we didn't know you had it in you. It's pretty amazing. So you're getting lots of accolades for just being a barkeep. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot I had it in me too, but praise Moradin. He came through for us in the day. Now, how about y'all help me out drink some of these brews? <laughs> yeah, and they just roll them over and you've just acquired all these casks that they had in the wagon. Uh, you begin serving a round of drinks to all the dwarves. Gundren uh, grabs you by the ankle, Felix. Hey, elf, get your sorry ass over here. Get your sorry ass over here. We got some talking to do. Come on, we got enough sleep. And he whistles over to you, Bramble. Come on, let's go. You're all back in the room where the, the, the keg is being served at this moment. Uh, Garadan's passing out this rich red ale that has a strong like apple aroma uh, mixed with a little bit of nutmeg. So it's a very fine, warm drink here on this cold, blustery day. And the sky is darkening outside. The light simply from Garadan's spell and a couple sconces are lit, as well as a bonfire that is roaring, illuminating the atrium, and especially the smiling statue of Morden's face. It gets quiet as Gundren, the eldest dwarf, stands up. Righten. We know what to do. Occupy Grovelor. Now, I would like to look for a couple problems we might have. We do have a dead dragon outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll let the carry-on take care of that. But regarding our neighbors, Feltran, I know you haven't been here in a while, but some of you might have been. And he looks over at Bramble. My hinfolk friend, do you know anything about the neighbors in this area? Anything we dwarves should know about. There are lizard folk around here uh, who fell in line with the dragon, as is their tendency. Um, they're not evil, but they might not appreciate um, that we've sort of gotten rid of their deity, if you will. Um, they may try to take their vengeance, and they, uh, they're pretty big in number. Right, you didn't count on that. So we might have neighbors in the morning, or at night. Paddy Winkle, set up a watch. I don't want any surprises tonight. Thank you for that, my friend. I think it's become obvious that Felthren's done a good job here. Felthren, what are your intentions? There's many ways this road could go. Uncle, we are... I leave this place to you. I hope to return to you someday. But I have business elsewhere. I shall continue on with uh, my friends. And uh, we have many things to accomplish. Uh, I... I wonder if... We take from the Horde what we need to rebuild Grovelor. And 
to keep ourselves full of ale <laughs> give the rest back. To those around. Maybe even the lizard folk as a peace offering. Uh, give it back to the cities that have been taken advantage of by the dragon and Tiamat's evil helpers. Where do you intend to go, if I might ask, my nephew? Uh, first, we must take the lady to Waterdeep. There is a meeting there. And then, I believe, I believe Tiamat's followers are planning something in the uh, desert of Skorna. That's where we will go next. Uh, it is the three of us, however, Garandan, if if you seek adventure, if you're tired of dealing ale, I believe you would be a welcome part of our party. What you did for us fighting the dragon was, I can't explain it. What Morden did for you in that moment, I, you are blessed by our God, and I would be honored to walk beside you. Plus, I need another dwarf to keep an eye on these two. <laughs> and he looks at uh, Bramble and uh, Felix. Felix looks offended. I, I humbly accept your offer of adventure. I have been dawdling too long in one place. It is time to seek and it seems you are on the same path as I. It would be a privilege to keep these two rogues in ale and <laughs> out of our hair, although I lack it. My beard, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're bringing booze, yeah, come on. That Gundren says, I was thinking of going to Waterdeep to sit with the council, for I know there's gonna be much dissension about what to do about this current threat, that is, the Church of Tiamat. But yes, Garandan, go in my stead. Represent the dwarves. Feltherin will also help you speak. He looks at all four of you and says, So you're headed to Waterdeep. I do not pity you. There are a bunch of squabbling fools. Many minds coming together can't always be a good thing. Watch your backs. Keep a lookout. And don't abandon each other in time of need. There's a little bit of chatter, drinking up the last of the spiced red ale. You're turning in for bed. Each of you are describing what we see as your character, your sojourner, beds down for the night for a long rest. And I'd like to start with Bramble. Bramble uh, finds a quiet place with a bedroll. Um, and he pulls out the signet ring and the arrow in particular. Um, the arrow it's it's the heartwood arrow it is mm. sort of the symbol of his um of his family 
taken from the heart of the hardwood tree. I mean, this is like, mm. this is the one. Um, so it's, he's sort of satisfied and relieved. Um, and it actually doesn't take him long between these good feelings um, and how tired and injured he is. It doesn't take him long to fall asleep. That's great. Uh, Felix, what are we seeing as you bed down for the night? So after a lot of drinking and leading some of the guys in some really, really um, inappropriate uh, pirate songs, because these are my people, and he's been a while since Felix has got down. <laughs> Felix is just kind of like stumbling back to the couch <laughs> that he likes, and he's passing out super drunk with his cloak on and his boots on, Ever muttering since. something about a raccoon. Hmm. I love it. Uh, Felthrin, what do we see as your character beds down for the night? So after Felthran uh, takes a small rest, short rest, and uh, allows the pillaging to happen of the horde, um, as everybody's starting to rest, he's going to put his arm around Uncle Gundren and uh, he's going to say, Uncle, show me what the dragons have collected. And he's going to walk back to look at the horde with his uncle. Okay. Um, specifically, um, just to maybe discuss a little bit deeper how to distribute the uh, wealth back to the people. Um, but, um, your uncle, uh, after, after so long in the forest, I, my, my ideals changed some, but uh, I, I believe as we move forward, I may need, I may, may need to grab deeper to my roots. Did you see any armor in here that might fit a dwarf like me? He's um he's specifically looking for some metal armor finally. He's he's finally embraced that it's time and uh, and he's going to be okay with having metal gear. So he may be looking for a shield to replace his cherrywood shield. He's definitely looking for something uh something beefy uh as far as armor goes and uh he's going to just take a look through the horde and see if he can find something. Do an investigation check with advantage. Ooh, I like that. <clears throat> That's going to be a 19. That's great. Uh, you, do, you find a beautiful shield. It's actually never left Grove War. Oh, wow. A beautiful shield and a dwarven plate. Uh, Gundren doesn't even look over the horde. He says, I think that one's got your name on it. Filthy lad. Shield. We'll get the stats later, but go ahead and describe what the metal armor and the metal shield look like. Okay. So the shield, um, uh, the crazy, the crazy part about the shield is, uh, I turn it over and I realize it has that Warhammer symbol on it, and that it's actually it's a Grove Lore shield. And uh, he, um, Uncle, did you see this? Wasn't this, wasn't this physics shield? Yes, it was. And look, it's in good condition. And he bangs it a little bit. By Morden's beard and Klangeren's arm. It's been preserved this whole time. Not a bit of dust on there. 
I will take this one. Fezzik would be proud for you to have this indeed, Felfi. Thank you. And then, um, as far as the armor goes, um, I think I think what he ends up finding is um, maybe something that's not as pretty, but definitely um, battle worn. Something that uh, something that has been damaged. Uh, I don't think he recognizes which dwarf it came from. Maybe Uncle Gundren does, but uh, but uh, no, this was this was filthy too. There's a reason we gave him a shield. <laughs> Felthy, it belongs to you now. Fezzik would indeed be proud. Thank you. Mike. How do you put up with him? Zombie. <laughs> he points hey. over to Felix. Really? Oh, Uncle. Eltherin. If you knew him, uh, well, I wouldn't say to know him is to love him, but... Well, zombie goblins. Are you saying You would, uh, as as strange as it is to travel with the drow, he is, uh, he's been there for me. I have nothing to eat. And, uh, <laughs> he's an acquired taste, Uncle. One I don't think you're going to get. Well, he saved my skinny skinny butt one time. So, he did. keep him around, keep him close. And maybe let him be first in line next time when a dragon attacks you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And he walks over to Felix and he puts like an extra 50 gold in his pocket. <laughs> nice. Felthorne is going to pick up a little gold, though. He doesn't want yeah, a lot. No, he you, just needs you do, to have you some. Get, you, get, you get 1,000 gold. Oh, he'll pick up 1,000 gold. Yeah, last last but not least, Garadin, what do we see as you bed down for the night? You are one of the last people to go to sleep, besides Paddy Winkle and the dwarf keeping watch. So as I get ready for bed, I look out over the dwarfs and realize this community and fellowship is what I'd been missing. It's something that had been taken from me. I look outside to the dying... Uh, guardian of faith and thank Moradin put my mm. hand on my chest and say you said you'd never leave Moradin and you came true you promised and you came through I could see fighting the dragon today that you are protecting me and you want me to protect these fellows these adventurers bed down for the night finish shaving my head one last time and send up a final prayer of thanks and uh Get ready for a good adventure. Grovelore Citadel has never been more peaceful than the sound of snoring dwarves. A snoring henfolk and one half drowned gnomish fellow who's muttering on about a raccoon. And so our story concludes for tonight.